Hi everyone and welcome back to the Saros podcast. So today I have Deirdre Cassidy. Deirdre Cassidy is a trainee dentist so she's a very smart little lady but how I found Deirdre is the fact that she has an Instagram page. Deirdre would be very big into the gym and weightlifting so she's a very health conscious individual but her story comes from what went from a healthy relationship with exercise and food became an obsession with exercise and eating disorder and this podcast is her story it's here for her to share her story for anyone who's going through the same thing it's also here to educate people and help dispel some of the misinformation out there and hopefully give people an insight into the realities of something that's you know a very big issue for men and women at the moment so yeah that's my little spiel dear dear oh, that was so lovely. <laughs> hey guys that was so nice thank you yeah of course of course do you want to do you want to introduce yourself you don't have to go straight into the into you know everything but just who are you in this world um oh god what a question okay so I'm 24 years old I'm from Limerick um I'm in fourth year dentistry and yeah I basically um I enjoy lifting weights um I'm quite an active person and I always have been really but yeah then obviously as you mentioned um in the last few years have struggled quite a bit have have gone through um a lot of health issues and stuff and struggled with an eating disorder I've thankfully come out the other end and I suppose since doing so I've yeah I started up a little Instagram page and just kind of realized the prevalence and even like just the amount of girls that resonated with my story was actually insane so yeah that's kind of what I do for my hobby I just kind of post away on that and overshare my life but um yeah that's basically me <laughs> it's like same <laughs> yeah, yeah literally but you know what what I think makes your Instagram stand out is you don't glamorize everything like the no the, the yeah. pictures and the posts you put up are very raw and real as if I was your best friend and this is the snapchat you're sending me of you in the middle of a treatment or in the middle of a mission and and the yeah literally and you're 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 brilliantly raw and honest and vulnerable and and I think it's amazing and you're also very educated in like exercise and food and nutrition on top of that because some people who saw oh, thank disorders you. mightn't be actually, it might have, they might have come from being an athlete or they might actually be educated. You 100%. know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. Right. I think even for me though, from the beginning, like even for, in order to recover, like I needed to like understand everything. Like I was like, why do I need to get better? And like, even like tr- coming with the medical background in dentistry and everything like that, like I was studying a lot of stuff in college and like even from the hormones and everything, I just really needed to like research it in order. That's how my brain works. Like I was like, I need to make, need to justify getting better if that made sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where the science part comes into it. Okay. So let's go, let's go before this began. What was your relationship with exercise and food beforehand? So what kind of lifestyle were you living? You know? Okay. Um. So I say like rewind back to a kid. I was a complete and utter like sports or like tomboy, whatever you call it. Like literally obsessed with Ronaldo, Man United, played soccer all through like primary school, and then um, so like an active kid. And like I think if you were to ask my mom, like she'd say that like you had such a big appetite. Like I would eat. Like I'm I'm five foot zero now, and I was probably about four foot zero as a kid, like literally tiny, but would eat all around me and like always kind of very very like slim, like in everything like that. But in, in no way like conscious of my body as a kid at all. Um, you know, people would slag me for being small and I'd be like, oh, the best gifts come in small packages, like get lost. Like I was literally, you know, so confident. Yeah. Um, 
And then, yeah, like I'll do secondary school then. I played hockey. Um, I actually packed in the soccer then, kept up the hockey. And then I'd say around leaving search, I um, kind of knuckled down then and kind of gave up a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, like my literally, my exercise that though for those two years was basically walking, studying back. But yeah, that was kind of, so that's kind of my overall relationship food. Like it was very much like I was always an active kid, an active person. I love, yeah. love, love food, still do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was basically it. Like there was no, nothing kind of, nothing like that happened in my past that kind of triggered anything or like, even though I can yeah. look back on now and be like, oh, I wonder did that kind of start it? Nothing yeah. like that at all. Like literally so, so best with how I was brought up as well. Do you know what's interesting about that is because most people would begin like an eating disorder right when they're kind of becoming a teenager going to secondary school. So it's actually really yeah, interesting yeah. to say that that never even was an issue for you then you actually zero problems at all probably when most of the girls around you were in the height of their struggling with their body oh completely like and I've like one of my closest friends now like went through stuff like that and other friends I have as well and like when I was in college when I was in school with them and like oblivious like and you know you'd have like the girls you know like back then when it was really really like fashionable to be skinny and like yeah some girls there like eating like beetroot and like tuna and I, I'd be there with my like literally at 10 o'clock in the morning with like a cheese roll and the Kit Kat chunky like and I was like allergic not like you know yeah. I couldn't and like I yeah. like it never just so that's the whole thing with me and the gym I never joined the gym from a place of like hating my body that's one thing I yeah. really want to emphasize like I never ever started off being like I want to like burn off my love handles or like I hate my flat ass or like nothing yeah. like that like I literally just was like I really want to become strong and like I saw videos of girls lifting weights and of lads lifting weights and I was I want to be able to do that that's literally how the gym started for me it was nowhere like trying to change my body nothing like that I think that's a really interesting thing about your story as well. I think it's very interesting. Maybe okay. as well, it became easier for you to fall into the trap because you're like, no, I'm healthy. No, I'm just a very healthy person. It was almost Literally. added to the illusion of the direction you were heading. A hundred percent. And it's nearly because then my friends and my family never looked for it because it was kind of like, sure, Deirdre was never like that. Like, you know, and then I think it was only when it started when I moved away to college my family never saw it really because when I was living with them I was completely normal and same with my friends in school like when I was in school with them it was all you yeah. know I was literally the smallest like as in teeny teeny but like ate so much and it was never like you'd be the last person yeah. to expect them basically yeah. like, and very confident all that kind of stuff yeah. people probably were just like you're so naturally blessed I wish I could eat as much as you you're probably someone who was like envied you know no and like that's the thing and like that, that kind of thing just never entered my head if I was and I even like was thinking before this like was there anything and there genuinely wasn't and that's kind of the scary thing about it really is that how yeah. fast you can go so wrong so yeah so you did your leave search and got your points amazing <laughs> no small thing to do so absolutely fair play um and obviously even even with your training and everything your office system was a very disciplined person and like once you're going to have a goal yeah you get it so I really admire that thing. about you as well yeah yeah to be fair yeah. like you know thank you um <laughs> it's, it's like with, with like your best trait like I always think sometimes your best traits are your worst traits not you but everyone oh, are face of flaw, like literally literally like it's yeah. what made me and it also what broke me like literally yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like for me obviously I'm an accountant I'm very analytical brain so that's my biggest 100%. strength but it's also my biggest weakening weakness overtake everything. everything yeah literally so, like yeah it's so funny uh, yeah. anyways when you let them go out of hand but so you took yeah. a year off. So do you want to tell us about your year off? Yeah. So I suppose the funny thing about this is that, okay, so I got my point. This is kind of a bit of a an aside, but I may as well tell the story since you're bringing it up. 
So I got my points and I was the kind of person leaving search who literally like I this is actually completely off topic, but I'm gonna tell the story. So um I basically studied like sixth year, fifth year, and like I remember like never ever ever considering what I wanted to do in college. Like never. I was like, I just need to get over six hundred points. And like no joke, if I got five nine nine, I would have been absolutely distraught. Like I that was just to kind of give insight to my personality. Like I was so, so hard on myself. And I remember, like, my poor dad dropped me in for my results and, like, pale in the face. Like, he was like, she's going to have a meltdown if she doesn't. But, like, it wasn't, I basically then, for my CEO, so I knew I wanted to be a dentist. Um, I, like, loved the idea of it. I also, like, considered medicine for a while, but the whole, like, length of the study and everything, I was a bit like, no. So then dentistry came up and I was like, oh, my God, I'd actually love to do that. But it wasn't in Limerick. And, like, I think... I was so mature in so many ways. Um, and like for my age, I was so, so mature. But when it came to moving away from home, like, and there's girls in my class from Hong Kong and from, you know, Malaysia and from all over the world. And like, I'm like, oh, I didn't join this course at first because I didn't want to move down from Limerick. They're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, so basically that was it. So I just, I, be, I remember that I was going to Magaluf on a six-year holiday and had gotten my points. No, sorry, I hadn't gotten my points yet. So I was trying to pick a course, basically. And I knew if I put down dentistry and got it, I'd have to take it. Yeah. So I was like, look, I'm, I remember mom was like, she was sitting there with me and do that random app where like you basically put in two options and like it spins around. Yeah. And I was there at my brother and I was like, okay, I'll just put in biochemistry and UL or dentistry. And like, I shit, you're not there. Like we put it on and it landed on biochemistry. Or sorry, it landed on dentistry. And I started crying. And mom was like, Deirdre, just put, put down biochemistry. You're not able to go to court. It's fine. Yeah. So that was grand. I um, put down biochemistry. I lasted six weeks um, and I packed it in. So yeah. I was like, look, I'm not meant to do that. I'm going to take a year out and then I'm going to go and go to dentistry. And yeah. in the year out, I um, that's when I actually started the gym. So obviously in the year out, I had way more time starting the gym. Um, yeah. I started in like women's fitness in Limerick. So it was like a women's only gym. And, um, you know, then as soon as I started, I just became, not, not I wouldn't say I became obsessed, but I like fell in love with it. Got the bug. So yeah. it got the bug, literally. So like started YouTubing bits, like then started like, you know, moving from like cave machines to like the bench and just kind of getting more like every day after work. So I worked with my dad um, on the phones in his company for that year. Um, yeah. Loved it. And then I go down to go down to the gym and all that. And then um, I'm trying to think, oh yeah. So then basically the CEO came around again and to cut a long story short I basically shot the togs again and I put down biochemistry again so I went back and did the same course um so now we're on like my second year after uh leaving search right so I went back in and I, I went back in and I was sitting in the same orientation that I just dropped out of and because it was a genuine fear like, I felt like I could not move away and yeah. looking back around I'm like what was I doing and I remember sitting in um sitting in the orientation being like and they were talking through the, the modules and everything again and I literally was like what have I done um so I had to come home then and pretend to mom and dad that like loved it loved it I applied to CEO by myself and um did dentistry again literally I say six weeks in and I promised myself I was like no I'm gonna go next year so I didn't tell my parents at all until like July and then July came around and I was like okay I know you're not gonna believe me but and I'd gotten like um I'd gotten like a scholarship from UL to go to UL so I'd gotten like two grand off them and like I was my parents thought and I'd gotten unbelievable grades yeah. So my parents like full on thought I was like, you know, in love with their like becoming a biochemist. Your gas, you knew like, you were dropping out. You still studied. That says that oh, says I studied because I was like <laughs> so I was googling like how basically so I knew that if I got certain grades in these modules that I'd be able to get certain modules off in first year dentistry. Oh right. So I was yeah. like, look, I'm just gonna really study and like 
So got like all A ones in my exams. Got like a letter from from like UL. Dad was oh, yeah. buzzing and like one, yeah. he was like, "Oh, you're gonna cure cancer, all this kind of shit." And I, she was like, "I want to throw this microscope <laughs> out the window." Like I was allergic to it, and because like I love meeting people, and I was like, "I'm not built for a lab. Like this is actually going to kill me." Yeah. So that so I basically just threw myself into the gym for that year, like because I was so down. Obviously, that's the whole thing, and I was like, "Can I actually do dentistry?" So then anyway, July came around, and I told my mom uh, first, and like I say, I. I remember driving down to orientation and I put in the car for dentistry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't go. I'm just going to turn around. And my boyfriend was like, I rang him and I was like, oh, I can't go. I was crying. And he was like, look, everyone thinks that you're starting second year biochemistry next year. No one knows that you've applied to dentistry except me and like your, your mom. So she, he was like, just go down, talk to everyone you meet, spend one night in that house yeah. and then come home. And it never happened if you don't want it to happen. And basically yeah. I did that and I've never looked back since. Like it was the best thing I ever did. And I absolutely love it. So yeah, that's my little advice. That's unreal advice yeah. for my friend. What a cutie. Nah. But yeah, that was that's actually my year out story, I suppose, if anyone is like freaking out about like time. And that's one thing I struggled with as well was like, oh my God, I'll be so much older than like everyone in my year and everything like that. Like I'm so behind and it's like, no, you're not. Like, you know, you're on your own timeline. So yeah, that was me. And then I went headed off to Cork um, and then everything kind of began to happen then with regards to food and everything. So you could kind of say, did you, did you like when you started dentistry then, like you liked your housemates, like, like the course. So in one way, things went up and then that's where also when other things went down. Yeah. Like I just, like I made like a, a new family in work. Like literally like my friends, I made there I have for life. Like, and I'm such a believer now. Like I regret nothing with regards to my years and stuff because I'm like, I wouldn't have met the girls that I met and everything like that. Yeah. So I just clicked yeah. instantly with all the girls, fell in love with Cork. Um, yeah. was still coming home like every single day on every single Friday, like love like you know biggest home bird ever yeah but yeah I think it was the first time for me and I was trying to pinpoint it earlier on like when did it start and for me I'd say that like in my year out I was learning so much about the gym and I focused so much on like nailing like learning compounds and things like that all those compound lists like squats you know starting off and hip thrust yeah. that kind of thing and then I think for me when I moved to work it was the first time ever that I, I was in control of my food so I wasn't coming home and mom was making my food so all yeah. of a sudden then like I downloaded my fitness pal and I was like right okay what's calorie like what's all this stuff, stuff about and like you put in your height which is like you know five foot small and you know yeah. your weight or whatever and they calculate yeah. your calories and you're like okay great and you're like oh my god like I'm never eating a wrap again or like I'm never yeah. eating certain foods yeah. again and as well like, I was doing my own food shop so and walking so much more as well so I think even when I started like being any bit mindful of what I was putting into my body I started eating out really really fast so yeah that was kind of it and then obviously like because when you go to college you kind of you're no one to everyone so like you're kind of reintroducing yourself and you kind of in some ways get new identity yeah. so like all of a sudden in, to the college people I was like this kind of gym girl who like you know was really lean and kind of you know like had a bit of a six-pack that kind of thing now it was nothing yeah. too extreme like I still went on nights out and I still like when I was over I still it's just when I could track like yeah I didn't eat enough yeah. I'll put it that way yeah yeah would you say you have like an obsessive personality type in general so once you oh. put your focus to something that's it so when you finally got control of food that was laser focus no literally Sarah 100 percent. so like I like I'm all or nothing kind of person so like I will become obsessed and even when I got like a tiny bit of a result or like you know or even like some of my teeth in the gym like oh geez you're in savage shape and like that's all just like a little positive kind of reinforcements for these little you know toxic traits that I was kind of beginning yeah. to develop and yeah. looking back that that all kind of finished slowly but surely so again like never ever did not like my body but when this starts to change I was like hold on now I can actually control all of this 
yeah. and then I just took it to a new level then basically yeah okay so over the two years from year off year off well not year off but year year and year, year off, yeah yeah well like that's when you transition from fun into obsessive behavior um, yeah so there was was it a slow like a slow fall into into an eating disorder and into you know an obsession or can you think of anything that um kind of triggered it? Mm. Um, so what I'd say is, and as well, I probably should put like a little trigger warning here. So like yeah. it would be like chat of calories and stuff. So if any of that stuff sends you, just pop this off now. Um, and again, like any calories that I mentioned are just absolutely like not recommended for anyone. That's all I'll say. So um basically I had started tracking like loosely and like nothing, even I still get Snapchat memories and I'm like, okay, actually wasn't that bad then. Like I was still, you know, I still ate like rice and carbs and I was still like go out if the girls were getting you know um ramen I'd still get ramen like it was all very normal and a healthy relationship with it and then for I can't remember why but I oh yeah, yeah so I was basically I was going to be a bridesmaid for my cousin in Boston in the yeah. summer and me and my sister were going to be a bridesmaid she's only like she's she was 20 oh, 25 26 maybe so like we were all kind of similar age and me and my sister Alba were like right we're going to do like a cut with summer so I remember yeah. after my 21st birthday, I that was in March. And then, yeah, after my 21st birthday, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to do this cut for summer. And like Sarah, when I say once I decided I was doing that, like there was, and like I actually have a written, I've little notepad that I had it at the time. And I wrote down like, um, like starting today, I will track from now on. And like, I'd say that was probably the beginning of the end, really. Like everything from, and I'm not exaggerating now, like everything from iceberg lettuce to a chewing gum to Coke Zero was weighed. And anything that went past my lips was tracked. And like, to me now, this wasn't um, an eating disorder. I know there are like, you know, like bikini competitors and that, that do this and it's, it's fine and it's whatever, like justify it if you want to. But that's what I started to do. And I was like, okay, like my one goal now is just to be absolutely shredded to the bone this June. I think a difference because, you know, it can look the same. An eating disorder, like the behavior, let's say, can look the same. You're track, or someone losing weight or someone will can look the same. The difference is you're obsession had a control over you you didn't have a control over it I think it becomes like a control thing where you were just oh, so literally obsessive like about it so when people are like oh but it's not it's always a bad track it's not bad track it's your mentality towards it and the obsession and the control aspect. exactly you know it's not yeah. an end at that stage it's it's yeah no 100% and like it shouldn't like I think it was how much exactly as you said like it's how much it controlled me like it was and it gave me kind of it, it gave me a sense of control but in reality it was not like I, I was not in control at all because this whole thing was ruling my life it was just absolutely insane and like I completely justified it because I was like I'm gonna be like so lean for the summer and it's gonna be so worth it and like even like back then there was so little because even now it's improving a lot online like there's a lot of talk about like eating disorders and like fueling yourself and like under eating isn't like or like getting shredded isn't exactly yeah. the goal whereas back then very little of that chat was going on so it was like oh my god like you're going to be shredded like unreal so this as every week went on I was getting leaner and leaner and leaner and basically ended up going on that holiday and I have like pictures of my Instagram of it and like I basically eat like um I go to the gym so I go to the gym every morning I do like 30 minutes on the Stairmaster 15,000 steps and I'd be 1200 calories a day and like from a girl who used to eat I'd say like 3,000 you know or plus probably my body was like obviously the first response initially is obviously going to just absolutely shed and I, I had muscle built from that year up that year of training and eating what I wanted yeah so there was like a tiny bit of muscle there to show um obviously not much but there was some muscle to show and because I'd stayed in a deficit 
a such a severe deficit. I reckon I lost a lot as well from actually just like, starving myself more or less. Yeah. And I went on that holiday and I went, well, I went to Spain first and I went to America. And like, not to be over like sharing here now, but like when I went to America, I didn't do a number two for two weeks. Like my body was like, what is going on? Like, how is, how you're yeah. eating? Like what's happening? Do you know what I mean? So it was yeah. absolutely like crazy. And then to be honest, I think when it, it all started to go wrong when I came home, because even when you see like, online like people are doing photo shoots and stuff you never see kind of the aftermath of it and like how much it affects you so I came home from the holiday and like instantly obviously I put on weight after the holiday that's fine but like instantly I was like right like back to back to back to like 1200 calories and like, I found myself going back to chasing that like body that was only meant to be kind of a summer goal that yeah. like I was like right I now have these pictures on my phone of when I looked this lean I got so much praise for looking that lean People now know me as being this lean, unbelievable girl who I have up my Instagram with like X amount of likes on it. I can't be seen to go around the gym now not looking like that. Like that's yeah. who I am now. Yeah. And that's what I, that's why I'm so against photo shoots because I'm like, you're leaving yourself with this identity of someone who everyone will see you as and will praise you for looking like. And then yeah. your brain has to somewhat be like, no, no, it's okay to not look like that. Yeah. So that's, I basically then headed into um, second year of dentistry and I was just chasing this physique and I got it back fairly fast. Like if you restrict that much, you will get lean again, like, like that. Yeah. Um, but like when you're so stressed with college, studying in the library all day, every day, you know, going, getting up at six o'clock every morning, then to train and then under fueling, like it's a ticking time bomb. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, dear, you're poor. Like, it's not like, like college can be stressful for anyone. You weren't in no walk in the park course. Second year in de- dentistry, isn't that an especially hard year? That's known as the year. Yeah. And I think it's more or less the same in veterinary. Like there's, yeah. there's a kind of weed out the weak from the strong kind of. Second year is like that in dentistry. It's massively intense. It'd be intense by itself. Most people probably stop training and just live in, in yeah. recovery. But the fact that you were training to that degree, you're, I mean, like, think about like mental, like juice. If we have like, if you have, if you're, our mental power is a bottle a day. Do you know what I mean? Like you were giving so much yeah. to college. How could you even have any left over to obsess to the degree you were in the gym and food? I can't even imagine how run down you would have been at that stage. Oh, uh, and like, I think it's what I just goes to show, like now looking back, like subconsciously, those things like everything else then struggled like I come home at the weekend and I just be a bitch to be around like um I met up my boyfriend once a week and we get a Chinese and then I kind of like restrict and straight back into restriction like it was just like, basically a cheat meal and like it was just I was like and like, I didn't like, if I did go, go out drinking like I'd be completely restricting all before I drank and like way after it and stuff like that and I just yeah I was there was no like YOLO about me kind of thing like, I never just like spontaneously go out and like what you should be doing in college like you know and none of that kind of stuff like I literally was just like so 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 dedicated to just being this lean person who like was going to study and yeah. get, get be a dentist and that was it so basically just like trying to be productive all the time and it was just horrible with you so much you were struggling like so you're you're trying to struggle with friends family boyfriend mm-hmm. college exercise food <laughs> Uh, did you find that you are always thinking about being lean? Was that always on your mind, like more so than in, anything else, or oh, it was just planned into your day? No, it was always on my mind. But I can't say it wasn't like so much, like because it has to be. Because if someone like life happens and you have to be like, no, so, like I'd get a, a message from Fox, my boyfriend, and he'd be like, oh. Do you want to call over? Like my dad's making dinner. I'm like, no, I can't. Like, and obviously, eventually, he just stopped asking me because he knew I wouldn't. But like, the girls be like, oh, like you know, we're making, we're all making tea tonight. Do you want to join in? And like, they just, they just, 
I wouldn't even it wouldn't even be an option for me like so it is constantly on your mind you're literally like no like and then because you're restraining food so much and restricting it it, your next meal is all that's ever on your mind and like I'm going to the library and I'm going through like chewing gum and like coke zero like it's going out of fashion because I can't I'm so hungry and like I'm here trying to and I I slapped myself because I would have flown through those exams I did random them but like I said how much easier would it have been if I was actually fueling my brain do you know what I mean yeah I was on low power mode do you know what I mean your brain's a muscle and when you're in starvation mode or your your body's in that state it eats I'm not saying it was eating your brain but it eats muscle so like your body's in panic your brain's in panic how can you focus on learning dentistry in that state no. it's, it's amazing you passed your exams that loaned the fact that you did a, an absolute blessing an absolute blessing yeah yeah 100 oh you're so so right yeah no just like literally that was it and like even because now there's even like stuff coming out about like anorexia people who are anorexic for a long time suffering from dementia and stuff because there actually is like your organs once all the muscle is gone and once the fat's gone what's left to eat like so it actually if you're so right like it actually is i'm in lots of ways the fact that COVID happened saved me and I actually like I get scared to think about it if it didn't because I'm like oh my god the path I was on and I don't know what else I'm so so lucky for the things that did happen because I'm like if it didn't how would it have ended and I just it terrifies me yeah but basically what happened was um I was I would have kept going like this fine and then lockdown happened and I suppose lockdown happened and all the gyms closed yeah and we got a gym sorted in our garage. We like got a spot rack sorted, and um, like I think I missed three. I actually still remember it because I was like, "Oh my god, the gyms are going to close!" Like I was about to panic. Yeah, and I hadn't missed like a you know a day of training. And anyway, I think I missed two days altogether from like the closing of the gyms, and then we got the spot rack, and I was back to doing. Hold on, so you would never even miss not a single day of the week you were not in the gym. Oh no, sorry. So I used to do six days a week and then like an active rest day. So I'm still doing like stupid steps and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. let's say my rest day fell on like a Friday and like Rashford right Hope's country. And then we got it, we got a spot rack over the weekend or whatever. And then like I was like, oh my God, it's not going to be here in time for my live day Monday. Like that's how, like, yeah, you know, to the yeah. book I was about it. Yeah. So yeah. Before you get into that, I just have a question. Mm-hmm. Were your housemates ever they ever raised suspicions because they were living with you so they were seeing you all the time and saw the dedication you're putting in did they ever say anything to you or did they notice that there was something wrong like because again I was kind of like and that's nothing even my parents when I did come home like I was this lean person who everyone kind of saw like went to advice for the gym and I was showing the girls stuff in the gym and like you just wouldn't ever because I was that kind of strong-headed about it no one would ever be like and even because the whole eating disorder, I think the conversation of it wasn't really even talked about, even as close to two years ago. Um, yeah. So no, not even, they, they never questioned me. They were like, oh, that's just deep. Like, she's mad. Like, you know, she's mad in the gym, whatever. And like, I because I, I still, and I still, it's not that I didn't do anything. Like, I still went out and I still would have these mad, like, cheat days. But yeah. my, like, my rigid, like, it was just seen as disciplined. And that's how I yeah. sold to them as well. And that's how I believed I was. I was like, I am, like, I was yeah. like, you're not doing it right. Like, you, you really don't get this. Like, I literally thought, like, I was like, I am, um, this is how it should be done. Like, yeah. You know, I never saw anything wrong with it at all. Do you know what? And that's really a modern issue. Cause, like, well, when I, when I would have struggled, it was in secondary school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is, this is when it was people on Facebook. Like, there was no, whatever there was at that time, there was nothing on Facebook. Like, there was nothing. Literally. So, nothing. A lot different, and people didn't want to go to the gym. Girls were afraid to be muscly. If they did, it was just all cardio. So, I think 100% it was easier to spot because they just stop eating. It would just be that. 
or they just start exactly. running road loads. Whereas in this modern culture, it's easier to hide it because you can dress it up as I'm a gym freak. 100%. So, and you can be like, I'm doing plastic cardio and I want to you know, be lean. And like, yeah. no, you want to be like 0% body fat is your, like a low percent body fat is a low percent body fat. Whether you're getting to a low percent body fat to show muscle or whether you're getting a low percent body fat to show bones. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's thing I kind of concealed it because I had so muscle there. So it's like, okay, she's not, I can't see ribcage. But it yeah. was, you know, yeah, so that's what it was basically. You look like gauntly, like a skeleton, like, because that was the look in, in like the early 2000s. You Literally, wanted, yeah. I remember wanting, I remember seeing girls, once I, really, I have like really sunken hip bones. And I used to be so okay. jealous of girls who um could wear each other holster and Abercrombie pants and their hip bones would stick out so much that it was like a straight line across the hip bones oh my god you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's how that was like the the like the goal you know the back thing then. back then yeah I actually yeah. remember that as well back in secondary school even like and I have no hips like I usually have like straight down <laughs> and like I was like no I like I needed that but yeah it was yeah 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 so Jim <laughs> got set up at home lockdown yeah day, which is stressful anyway mm-hmm. So you're already going through a pandemic like the rest of us, which is stressful. You have this new yeah. thing really triggering your, your I don't know what to call it, like an issue, disorder, struggle. This is triggering this. Yeah. Start training from home. And what happens next? So because obviously my body was so stressed out and everything, and like, obviously I was really underfueling. So I, it was obviously a ticking time bomb in lots of respects. So what happened was I went out to the gym and it was actually two years ago tomorrow. It was St. Patrick's Day two years ago. Yeah, and it was only, it only I got a memory um the other day on my phone, and I was like, oh my god, or yes, yesterday was it? Yeah. But yeah, literally two years ago. So I went out. I remember, and I had I went out, and I like put up a story being like it was like St Patrick's Day, and I was like stay at home, or whatever. And I just at the barbell, and I was like, quite unreal. I'm gonna go in now and do my deadlifts, and I literally went to do the first set of deadlifts um in the gym, and I just got this searing pain in my lower back, and I was like, oh fuck, and to kind of give a little bit of context, I had little niggles in my lower back and I just used to ignore them. So like the things have been brewing for like a few months and I really ignore it. Um, but like this was completely different. Like I was like, oh shit. So I basically got injured and I could go out, I could really like meet this out, but I won't. But to make a long story short, I I injured my back. I went ended up having to get an MRI and that kind of thing and I went to physio and obviously the country now was locking down as well there's nothing really being done um yeah. and like I'm in bed like falling and like all of my exams are still going ahead but online so I still had a lot of studies to be doing and you're um, and, like, in I was, agony pain in oh, bed like, like crippled like my poor dad is there on google like trying to google a standing desk because I couldn't I couldn't sit down yeah. and I was like did not know what was going on I was like what have I done what have I done and um Went to managed to get a physio relatively close to me, and like he was just like, "Why are you lifting weights?" Like a girl, he was like, "Just stop lifting weights." Like if you just completely gave it up, um, he was like, "Your back is like your back is too damaged now to go back to it." And like I remember coming out. Oh, it was as in like he was pretty as it was, but not yeah. what I needed to hear back then. Yeah, and I walked out with the physio, and I never forget it. Like I got into the car, and I just had an absolute meltdown. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. I didn't have the MRI results then. I didn't know what was wrong. I had really bad pain, and I was I'm never going to be able to lift a weight again. I'm like, how am I going to? And oh my, my brain just, just like, like it was just like, and all of a sudden, my disordered eating or whatever it was, my disordered relationship with the gym and weight came to an ugly head because 
like before all of this I was able to kind of I basically it brought to life that like I saw exercise as a way of bit of earning food so I essentially would burn would do all these mad exercises and train really hard and then I'd eat during the week and then have a big you know either go out with my friends or have a cheat meal or something like that and cycle repeat yeah and then the exercise was taken away from me and it was like okay how are you going to function and I was like oh shit oh Jesus I'm gonna stop eating so basically so what was just what you thought might have just been an obsession with exercise before when that was taken away yeah. really revealed the eating disorder hidden underneath that. Um, and for people so basically you were told that you you couldn't train at all for six weeks you couldn't really move you were completely yes. like debilitated 100% and so then you were like what am I going to do now and that's where you were like <laughs> right so basically starve myself because otherwise I'm not going to be in a deficit literally yeah and like it was just I'll never forget like those so like it was my exams were in May I think so it was I March so in March I was about 48 kg and in those eight weeks until the start of May, I was just under 41. So I lost like whatever, like oh eight, seven, God. eight kg in like eight weeks. Like I just, and like Sarah, when I say like, because I couldn't, I couldn't walk at all or I couldn't do anything. So the pain, I remember every morning I used to get up and I just open my eyes and I just feel the pain in my lower back. Oh my and God. I just start bawling, crying. And like my boyfriend, got, like, I don't know, like Jesus, I don't know how he dealt with me, like literally. And like, obviously I wasn't able to see him either. And like my parents would like come to the door and like I'd just be there lying in bed crying. And then because then as well, I wasn't really able to study because this was just consuming me. So like I remember caught, uh, my year head rang me and she was like, okay, like, well, she, uh, basically was wondering, should I defer my exams and get eye grades till August? And she was like, but if you're having back issues, like a dentist with a bad back is as good as a dentist with no hands, like, would you not try transfer a course? And I was like, oh my God, hold oh on a minute now. This oh, like, okay, I never I literally like, but like hey, again I'm for two years into this I just have a I've had yeah. an you're telling me to drop out of my whole course my whole future who oh, <laughs> is this woman now well, not a minute. you know in fairness now like that to put in context that was it was a long conversation and as well like you're yeah. talking to a very distraught and I probably am like oh my god my back is so sore like I don't know what's yeah. wrong waiting for MRI results and like yeah. for all she yeah. knew I had like four slip discs or whatever fair enough, um, fair and enough. It, so, yeah yeah but like at the same time like I didn't talk about pushing when I was down I was starting my exams the next day that I was very underprepared first so like I was that set me off the edge completely but yeah so it turned out that I had um torn not damaged tendons in my lumbar spine so basically in your spine you have like the discs and like the first brain all that and the tendons lie in your spine yeah but tendons have such like like in your like in your ankle and your knee like they have really really bad they've really poor blood supply so the healing is so 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 slow and that's like tendon is worse than breaking a bone literally oh I would have 100% and that's what they told me at the time like they were like this is going to take time and like I went I went to the GP then when they I think it would have been around me and I was still having like achy pains and stuff and he was like it's not like it had improved a good bit from resting it um but you have to remember like I hadn't eat I hadn't been eating at all so if you're yeah. literally not fueling yourself at all your body won't be able to heal or repair itself so that yeah. none of those repairing processes are happening at all so the doctor is looking at you you're like 41 kgs no progress your parents at this stage were they catching on that you were more or less starving yourself oh 100 percent. like as in I remember I had, so I had my last exam in second year was a pharmacology exam I remember and I went my mom took me to Zons after it and like it was we went to get to get any pajamas because my like none of my clothes fitted me and like because I wasn't leaving the house it didn't matter but like all the bands in my pajamas like they wouldn't stay up like I was tiny and I remember I got so I got age nine to ten 
pajamas and like they were still a little bit too big like as in I my mom was like okay. but like again I was so volatile at the time like they couldn't say anything to me or I could have just had a meltdown do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so and as well I was so ill like I, I looked looking back at pictures like it actually makes me so upset because I'm like oh my god I was like what was I doing to myself at this point were you did you realize yourself did you like acknowledge yourself that you had an eating disorder or were you still oh yeah oh you knew I think what it was was I understood that like I was so attached to being skinny that I would have sacrificed anything first but not to being skinny sorry I didn't ever want to be skinny but like being lean yeah so if it means being lean and I'd rather just get skinny than get fat basically and I was like I'm also going to get fat if I if I you know start eating yeah so like I started I one day I remember I did 10k as in t- 10 kilometers in my small little room like I literally just walked and walked and walked and just oh didn't eat like I literally someone in a prison cell like no literally I was uh, I was just and like that's the scary thing I got to such a like a crappy place so so fast and as you say like from a place that wasn't in any way like you know yeah. with yeah. that being my goal it just happened so so fast but um then basically what happened was um so my sister's now boyfriend who is an absolute gent he's one of life's very good people and I actually love him to bits but um by some grace of god she started seeing over covid and a strength and conditioning coach basically yeah so like she had kind of isolated or done like lockdown with him and then in May when we were kind of slowly able to like see each other again like obviously on the DL kind of they used to come over and use the gym yeah and like Alva would see me and like she hadn't seen me in a while and I'd become like a really angry person and stuff because like she was training away in the gym at Michael and I like, had this coach and I was just this skinny yeah. little girl in my room who couldn't do anything yeah and like she got a glimpse of me she said one day coming out the freezer to probably get like chicken or something I can't imagine what else I would have been eating but yeah. something like that and like she was just like oh my god and she said to her mom she was like oh my god like what has happened Deirdre like so yeah. Michael took me aside and was like that's her boyfriend she was like look gee like I'd love to like work with you and just to try like do like a return to play kind of like a program at you and try to do a rehab program and I was like okay yeah and I was like he's like how's the back and I was like yeah like it's, it's slow but it is improving and he was like right like there's no way we can't work around this injury like you know what injuries you shouldn't you like because I'd become completely like you should never like stop completely basically because I'd lost everything now like I was completely unconditioned like everything was gone so he was like look if we can start working around it and then that was basically for that summer then to kind of summarize he worked with me one-to-one three days a week and brought me from and there was a video on my phone but I actually ended up deleting it but it was literally me doing like a like a you know, like a like a the boxes that you do with hip thrust off those like plyometric yeah. boxes yeah so like I actually was doing like a little body weight squat onto that and like my legs were just like going side to side I couldn't even do that I couldn't he, he was like five reps for my three God. sets just this just to control your weight touch your bum off the box and come back up and like my legs are like little bones and they're just quivering and like from a girl who was so so strong like strong for her size yeah going to that I just I'm I, it just absolutely broke me like I was like oh my god I'm never going to come back from this and like I used to relearn all like those like muscle memory like just all those yeah. little things like driving your knees forward keeping it straight back all that kind of stuff and he literally no joke minute by minute day by day taught me all that stuff again so that the rehab was so long but yeah like, saved me and did that 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 helped your back then as well yeah so the back was kind of always kind of slowly getting better and like obviously because I wasn't really straining it as much I was doing so little um but I think the fact that I was like my hair was starting to come out in clumps I had like really bad anxiety like it was just everything else kind of happening as well but the back did begin to settle and then when I started with Michael in May he was like look obviously kind of 
was very approaching it kind of you know very sensitively but yeah but he was like yes sensitively is the word he was like look um I'm gonna track calories for a while and we're gonna try to get your weight up because you're not gonna put on any muscle or you're not gonna be able to heal your back you don't he kind of says in all these kind of like very nice way putting it and I was like yeah Yeah. okay I want I don't like how I look like I need to get you know I need to put on muscle um so I did start to eat more 100% just get a timeline straight so first Mm -hmm. is March so you are at breaking point like COVID came literally probably before you collapse, would have collapsed or something. Hurt your back, yeah. six weeks in bed, lost all your muscle mass, were absolutely yes. tiny. Um, yeah. eating disorder really came to the surface. Um, you were in a yeah. very, very vulnerable place, but also very, like you were in a panicky place. Like your brain oh, was so anxious. You were panicking. You, everything just plummeted for you. Like an animal when it's back against the wall, you were just like survival mode. Everything oh, literally. Fight or flight. Yeah. So then it get, gets to the beginning of summer. Your parents, your family have noticed that you are struggling with like an eating disorder mm-hmm. and you do have issues. It's not, it's it's kind of a known thing, but they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. Did they ever say, sit you down and be like, we think you have a eating disorder or it was at May when your your sister's boyfriend mm-hmm. started working with yeah. you in the summer and that then so had you gone to the doctor yet had you gone to treatment yet had the word eating disorder been brought up or was this their kind of way of thawing you out and kind of slowly you know handling the situation yeah. way um I can't really put a point on when it's like there obviously are a lot more kind of worse points to come but I think at the point that I was at my lightest I to everyone I was such a vulnerable person and I was just like so low in the house and always my room studying and then when I wasn't studying I was kind of just asleep or like I didn't want like and this sounds so bad but I didn't actually want to be awake because it was just a reminder of how much I have basically fucked it I was like oh my god so like my parents were just trying to support me to be honest I know I do my dad is very he is a blunt person but like um I actually love him to bits but he literally he would bring it up in some ways and be like, look, I'm not saying you don't look good or, you know, but yeah, yeah. You, you, like, you know, or he'd yeah. seen me eating like a bowl of lettuce with some like chicken and he'd be like, there's your like, that's rabbit. Do you know when I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. and I'd go to my room, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. But no, nothing was actually, I was never, sat, at this point, I wasn't sat down. It came further down the line. So it was, Michael was the first person for me to be like, hi, I can help you. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And at this point, your hair's, he's helping you, like your, your body's <laughs> literally, as frail as a piece of paper mm. you're losing your yeah. hair in big clumps you're probably absolutely frozen all the time literally so right and then and then you're starting to work on it now so I'll pick it up from there then again okay so then I started like a rehab plan from from throughout the summer and I actually did I did gain start to gain weight and I put on like you there's a thing called muscle memory so if you've lost muscle your body um like the muscles can come back quite fast yeah. so I actually did get a little bit of that muscle back and when I did eat like when I say like I again calories triggering but like basically initially I was put on 1600 calories which was double what I was eating before I'm gonna I'm like probably double I'd say there were some days I was eating 600 calories like it's 800 calories so like yeah. it, it was way more food than I was like so basically at the beginning I did thrive on that naturally my body was like hey this is great like I think I drank once or twice in those kind of times as well. I went out like to college for that kind of thing a few times. And like, it was all yeah. kind of like, hey, I, I'm beginning to get a really good relationship with this. And like, but all the, all the while still being this very small person, like I was only kind of teetering on like 44, 45, 46 kg. 
Yeah. No, not even. I'd say like 45 kg. And then I kept kind of increasing calories like very slowly, but still like, and then my training ability was coming up with that as well. So like I was slowly beginning to like recondition my body and like I was getting able for more and Mikey was like, slowly feeding more as well and like I was as in regards to like what I could do so I was like learning like re- learning different lifts and I was doing like four days a week then five days a week and that kind of thing were um, you still in a deficit where like in your mind were you like okay I'm eating 12,000 calories now but now I can calculate I'm burning 400 so were in your mind were you still being like I need to maintain this deficit no not in a deficit but I would say maintenance so that like I was putting on muscle in my head which is yeah. like this is and like I see so much chat about this on Instagram and that's why I'm so passionate about this topic because it's like this whole thing of like lean bulk and like like fat is like a bad word it's like you fucking need fat in your body like you if you don't have any fat in your like especially women we don't have fat in our bodies like, we will not work and that's yeah. the bottom like men can function at such a lower body body fat than women can and yeah. in my head I was like as you say like, I was just trying to eat more because I was like I'm, I'm moving more so I'm burning more so yeah. now I'm going to be at, like a slight surplus or else like just at maintenance and like I was telling Michael that like I used to tell him I was even at the beginning um I don't think he knows either but at the beginning of when I started working with him like I was telling him I was eating more than I was like yeah. I, I wasn't eating well I, I was still kind of like okay like trying to process it in my head yeah and then basically what happened was is that I was con- consistently putting on weight and like my parents were seeing me like come up come, my mood was improving third year for me was online so I was still at home and yeah. like I Today in there, I was I had kind of done this three sixty a bit, and then basically I started to suffer with really bad anxiety. Um, so Christmas came; it was just before Christmas, and I went to my dad, and like you know that you'd be sitting at home because there's literally nothing else to do. Yeah, and I chatting away to him in the kitchen, and he's a pharmacist, so like he's very kind of like he's a medical mind kind of. Yeah, and we have a very open relationship. But I was kind of chatting to him, and like I told him I had had a period in however many years, and. Um, I was like, look at my weight. I've been kind of sitting here at like 45, 46 kg, you know, yeah. since November. And this is kind of December time. And yeah. um, he kind of started doing his Googling and he was like, like, this is really dangerous. Like you could have the osteopenic, you could be, so if you don't have estrogen in your body because you're not having a period, like you're obviously still underweight. So we went to the, that was the first time that like, I think I had a serious conversation of like, okay, while yeah. I have been, while I'm so much better than I was in the summer and this is now Christmas, like yeah. I am still ill. Um, yeah. So that was the first time. So yeah. you're in you're in self remission. You've not so- sought help from an outside person to help you deal. No, no. You're, and it's it's an unspoken known thing in your family, but you're also really improving. So everyone's kind of fears have been yeah to a certain degree. And then you sit down with your dad. You're having a conversation about periods. Massive red flag. A good thing that it triggered a red flag on yourself to go to doctors, suss it out. That's where we are. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, and like, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to see things online of like get peak curls, getting their periods back, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, like you know, because I come off the pill in the January before lockdown, and I was on the pill for five years. So I think altogether I hadn't had a period in like six years. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, right, I'm I'm getting and in my head now and looking back to that December, like I was tiny, but because I was a little bit bigger than what I was. To me, yeah. I was like, I'm actually in good shape. Yeah, my bum isn't as big as it was pre- in like previous lockdown, but like, I'll get there. It'll be grand. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm like 1800 calories is grand for me. Like, I'll just stay here and I'll just consistently do this kind of lean bulk that I'm doing. And yeah. I went to the doctor. And the one thing that really made me go to the doctor was because I couldn't shake this anxiety. Like, and because basically, like, estrogen has an effect on our mood. And for me, I had like the same estrogen as a man. So, like, such women, obviously, it affects their mood. So, like, for me, I like, 
I was flatlining everything. Yeah. And when I got my voice back, obviously. But that's why I think I initially sought help to go to the doctor because I'd wake up in the morning and like I'd have like this kind of like my heart would be racing and yeah. I'd have this kind of like, to-do list in my head and constantly kind of like I'm chasing something. Yeah. So I, because obviously I was still, I was still way too, I, my body was still trying to recover and I, yeah. my body still wasn't being fed enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know, it's, it's interesting we're talking about periods because I didn't say this to you before the podcast, but I didn't get my period so I was 16, almost 17 because I had like obviously Seriously? horrific. Yeah. And um, because I was like, like, I was starving myself before that point and constricted. And I remember I was taken to get um, an ultrasound. I was 16. I was doing my, I was just kind of about to do my, uh, the summer after I did my junior start or whatever, they thought it might be PCOS. And I had like a touch of it, but nothing to explain it. And that was, it's funny yeah. that that was the first red flag because that was, I think nothing was ever said to me, but that's kind of when I remember I could feel attention on me. People, my, my family paying attention to what I was, my eating habits were. It's yeah. so much more common than we realize. And no one knows like hypothalamic amenorrhea as like a diagnosis, which is probably what you had. Right. Say that term again. First non-medical people. <laughs> so it's hypothalamic amenorrhea. So amenorrhea means um, not having a period for six consecutive months. And then hypothalamic is basically your hypothalamus in your brain. So it's induced by like your hypothalamus is causing it basically. Um, yeah. Or functional amenorrhea sometimes what it's also called. But yeah, so um, I still hadn't got a diagnosis for that though. It was more that I went to the doctor with this anxiety as you kind of, you probably felt as well. Like I had this kind of anxiety and yeah. my dad obviously wanted to try help me because he was like obviously like fertility issues like, oh my god like my like 22 year old daughter isn't having a period like fuck you know yeah so I remember I went to the doctor and this is I never told anyone this not even my dad I don't think but I basically I went to the doctor that day and he put me on antidepressants and I, I wasn't depressed there I wasn't you know I thank god yeah. I got every day for like my mental health and everything like that and while I do struggle with it like everyone does I wasn't depressed then I 100% wasn't but yeah. I did have anxiety and I was very anxious and I suppose yeah. I came, basically what happened was I came home and I Googled the drug and I was doing another module of pharmacology at the time. And one of the side effects was weight gain. And obviously for drugs, they list everything under the sun and like weight yeah. gain is always mentioned. Like this isn't to put anyone off. Obviously yeah. this is just yeah. my toxic brain to. at the time. Yeah. Oh, as in like everything from like pregnancy to like growing weird things, it was listed like, yeah. Yeah. but I saw weight That's gain and I was thing. like, yeah. I had it in my mouth and I, I took it out. And I was like, I'm not taking this. And I already had felt like the GP had kind of brushed me off and just been like, oh, keep trying to gain weight. We'll put you on this antidepressant to make it easier because you have such low estrogen. But anyway, he put me on antidepressants and I took it out of my mouth and I was like, I'm not taking that. that and I went down and I told angry. my... Not angry, but oh. upset that, that was the... Like some people, for people in mental health, that's, you know, yeah. that's a whole different conversation. That's fine. But you were coming in for something that was clear and you're a tiny girl. You're going into him, you're sitting there and you're absolutely tiny and you're saying you've no period. Oh. And uh, and that was just like, so like, yeah, initially, because obviously once I got my blood back in fairness, I got a little bit more help. But like initially it was like, what was put, give you this pill anyway, first of all. Yeah. And I was just like, and I remember coming home and like my mom was kind of like, yeah, we're not going to address the fact that like you're literally tiny, like, you know, but again, she she's a primary school teacher and she was like, look, like, you know what you're doing, leave it off. Yeah. So then I went down to my dad and I like obviously just gifts the gab, just sold him some bullshit story why I didn't want to take the antidepressants. I was like, look, no, like I think it'll make me like, I don't know what I, I think I said something I'm going to do with study, like it'll make me sleepy. I didn't, can't remember what I said to him. But yeah. anyway, I sold him some story and he was like, grand okay, we'll keep trying. So the blood came back then a few weeks. I think it was like, literally, it was just before Christmas day. So I think I went into my 23rd. Yeah. And, um, and even then, like 
just or just to kind of as a caveat, like I remember I had to take off my top and I was still my bra to weigh myself in front of him. And he was like, Jesus, you're in some shape. Because I had space like eight pack. Like it yeah. was no joke because I was so lean. I had this kind of muscle, like, like we were saying before, it nearly hid the fact that I was anorexic because it was like, yeah. yes, I, yes, you don't just see bones and you see this muscle. So this girl must know what she's talking about. Like she's, yeah. she's some athlete kind of thing. And that's what got me to this point. I think that I, I was able to kind of, as you say, kind of like dodge the usual, yeah. like, oh, anorexic prototype kind of girl. Yeah. And and that's what he said before I got in the weighing scales he was like oh god you're in some shape and I was kind of like okay and yeah. whenever I got on scales and like he was like look your BMI is xyz like you need to put on weight and my hormones came back and he was like yeah they're all flatline and I, he basically I left that day and he was like you have to be 47 kg by January 1st so that yeah. was it so he gave me two and I was like heading into Christmas like no problem like I'll eat all the turkey and mac and cheese and to be honest, like my mental state was improving every day with regards to getting my head around this. And I knew I had an eating disorder, but didn't want to say it to anyone. And yeah. as you say, like I was still very much in the back of my head, like I'm still at maintenance and I'm still like just yeah. going to put on muscle, not going to be fat. Yeah. You were saying that when you had your period and you went to get help, was this the point where you kind of reflected, had you reached the point where you had reflected on how did I get here? Or was that after the instance in the hallway? No, that was after the incident, I think. So I was very much, and that's another thing. Like I felt like I was better. Like even though I was forty-five kg, I was like, oh, like okay, yeah, I might have put on two kg, but in my head, I was like, I'm going to put on like forty-seven point zero one kg. Like I'm not going to be have anything extra in the tank. And again, it was all this control thing. So I was like, no, I never once reflected on like, oh, this has gotten such, to such a bad stage. Like there was no anger yet, nothing like that. I was like, this is all fine. We're going to put on a little bit more weight. Get my period yeah. back. Be grand. Do you, when you went to the doctors and you said that, do you, this is like a random question that just popped into my head. Completely subjective. Do you think that if it was like a female doctor, would they have been more alarmed? Or would it, did everybody be like, oh, she's tiny, but she's ripped. And also you're obviously extremely intelligent and you definitely have the gift of the gab and you also yeah. have the intelligence to back it up. So if someone came at you, you had that, you had the facts, you had the science, you had the answer. So. No, uh. I think 100% if it was a woman doctor, they would have been a lot more alarmed because, like, women know what women's... I'm not saying he didn't know what a woman's body looked like. Yeah, of course. Did, like, and that's not I a shot at men. Men, I'm just completely curious. Like, I'm not... I'm no... No, no, it is. Like, I, I genuinely... I do think it would have been a lot more alarming and, like, definitely, because you would have been, like... And, like, even for... I don't know. I feel like it was just... My physique was so, like... I don't want to say unique, but it was just something that you wouldn't see. And, like, it was... yeah. This kind of a six pack you would not see on like any kind of a like you know a, fun- a normally functioning human. Yeah. But to, I suppose to in they are seen in men a lot more often. So like I suppose maybe yeah probably. Yeah. But I suppose in a woman probably you're seeing a lot more girls with like different issues. Definitely, hundred percent. They probably would have picked it up a lot more. I mean, there's that thing that women pick up on and other women just because you're a woman. Like. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. And my ma- my mom would have, but again because she was a primary school teacher, she was like, look. Dad's a pharmacist. You yeah. and as you say, like gift the gab. I was like, you know nothing right now. I'm in control of this. So yeah. like, yeah. she was very much like, look, you do you. But obviously, she 100 percent knew she did that. It's not like no, no. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, doctor tells you need to put on weight for January first. You come home. Yeah. We're putting on exactly that weight. And just to speak on a little bit of how your the eating disorder that that if I would say it was like how it was talking to you in your head, you're like, I have an eating disorder. You're kind of in, not in denial about it, but you're kind of 
that's not an alarm bell for you at that point like that's not an issue you're like I've an eating disorder but I'm going to be lean and whatever looking back now can you hear how that was cut you were because the the bad part about being very intelligent and very well able to make a point and also being knowledgeable in the area it means mm-hmm. that you're very probably good at fooling yourself oh my god so much you find that looking like here how you justified it to yourself how you're eating disorder justified it to yourself and you believed it literally I like I think that was kind of what killed me in the end Sarah because I was and I wouldn't even say at that point when I walked out of the doctor's office that I was I remember I went into one-on-one that night with my friends and I actually don't think I didn't tell them that like oh I've an eating disorder and I'm you know I'm gonna put on weight it was very much like oh, why did you put on a certain amount of weight before I did state? Like, it's just, you know, a load of kind of... I don't think I even had, like, the self-awareness at that point to say, like, I have an eating disorder. Like, that, that came a lot later, but I definitely knew that, like, obviously I've been through this thing that had happened and I have an unhealthy relationship with food. And I had an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise and now I'm kind of suffering the consequences of it. Yeah. But because I suppose I was eating a good bit more than I had been, I had... I kind of just... I thought I was really... I thought basically I put on another 2kg and could just get back to, you know, get get my period back. I'd be like, grand, I'm just normal girl and it's grand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, like my ability to kind of justify things in my head and to kind of find signs to support me, like what I want to argue is just absolutely like horrific. So I, my dad was like, you should have been a lawyer because your ability to fight your corner is absolutely stupid. Like, yeah. so I think that was a lot of it. In my head, I'm like, oh yeah, this is completely grand. Like I'm, this is what I'm going to do. So I don't even think I was that aware yet okay. of how bad I was. Okay. Okay, so yeah. so take me through the next few months. Like, so you've not reached to anyone listen, we, you haven't reached your rock bottom yet. This is this is no, the slow yeah. descent. And you think and people around you think you're on the road to recovery, but you're actually still running down, like you're still heading right towards yeah. rock bottom at this point. Literally, and that's the thing, like, and the thing I really want to emphasize is like that's the thing with these eating disorders, is it doesn't happen overnight. And like yeah. the human brain is such a complex thing. It can just like for me, it went wrong so so fast. And like nearly the better like I was getting better in some senses but probably picking up other little toxic habits at the same time because like because I wasn't eating like I say because I was eating more so just to compare now I'm in January now and yeah. if you compare to January before lockdown so it's January yeah. pre- previous I was eating 1200 calories a day but had these big cheat days so my overall consumption in the week was probably a good bit more Whereas yeah. now I was eating around 1800 my body was a lot more kind of like satisfied so I wouldn't have these kind of big like binges kind of so yeah. in lots of ways I was actually eating less than I ever had been but right. able to kind of function a lot better on a daily so like my my mom would see me eating potatoes at my dinner for the first time ever in like three four years and be like oh unreal but yeah. and I wasn't I might have been going having getting Chinese every week and having these big splurges and eating those sweets but yeah so as you say like I was getting better but in lots of other ways still very much on a way way like going downwards as well yeah and then when he gave me the target for the weight, I was like, okay, that's what I need to do. I'll get that. And then I'll be fine. That was basically where my head was at. Yeah. So then basically what happened was, was in the following month. So that was January. And then it was February. Oh, I think it was the 22nd of February. I'm trying to remember the date now. I have it on my Instagram, but it was something like that in February. And I, I actually, I think I just about reached the 46, 47. And I don't even think I went back into him. I, you know, I didn't go back into him. I, oh yeah. So I started to feel anxious and he knew I wasn't taking the uh, medication. So he was like, you need to go to therapy. I'm not going to like, in fairness, he was on my case. And like, as, as you say, like you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like I was like, 
talking my way out of everything. I was like, no, like I just I I put on the weight for you, and then like I'll be fine. You know, period, I just want my period back. Yeah. So he sent me off to this therapist, and I, I'm not as in like I think therapy is the greatest thing ever, and like I wish like. I think I have such mental strength now because, as you say, like I had no external help at all. The yeah. country was in lockdown for the, when I was in my worst, in like my darkest place, and I had to kind of learn ways to get through that. You were still studying in college and attending lectures. At yeah, the- yeah, yeah. Literally, so like I'm still in online college now, and I think so. He, yeah, he sent me off in January. He was like, "Look, you're going to get the 47 kg, and I want to send you off to an eating disorder, a, a, a therapist who like specialises with eating disorders." And I was just like. And actually, yeah, now that you mention it, when he said that, I like was at least like I roll, I don't have an eating disorder, like yeah. and I didn't want to be pinned in that cash board. I was I'm a gym girl, like I'm yeah. really I'm strong in health fitness, like yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm health, I'm I'm the epitome of like, you know, like what anyone should be, kind of thing. And like not in a like a I'm an unreal kind of way, but like yeah. not, I don't have a problem. Is that yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, so that was basically it. And I went out, um, I think it was mid-January to this woman and I basically stormed out. I went in, me, my, my three parents went in and this is when the anger kind of started. I was basically like, sir, look, you're late to this party. I don't need to be here. I got myself to this point alone. You, like, nothing you can say now is going to fix me. I was like, because she was like, can you write a diet diary? And I was like, yeah, like, what do you want to know? Like, I was like, of course you can write a diet diary. I'll eat, tell me anything, I'll eat it. Like, I was, and I was just so argumentative with her and the woman she just sat there and was like, okay you know and she was like you probably do need help or whatever but because I, I was so angry because she wasn't there for me or like, I didn't have that help when I needed it like back in my bed in March and in April and in May when like I was waking up and didn't want to be awake I was bawling crying and like, in so much yeah. pain so he basically sent me off there and I never went back like my parents were silent for the whole thing because they came in with me they were silent I basically said my piece and I was like look I don't think I need your help I needed it but I don't need it now and yeah. I was very much pushing everyone away. I was like, I'm going to get through this. And I knew, I think as the, all these things were happening, they were all kind of like signs that like the universe, I suppose, were giving me that like, you're not really, you're not okay, you know? And it's, yeah, yeah you are, as I say, functioning better day to day, but just because you're better than what you were, doesn't mean you're yeah. through it. Yeah. So that was Nine basically where I was at. Those stages were just wrapped together for you, like, yeah. Literally. And like, I was, little things like that and like people like yeah so basically in my head I was like I'm through this and people, the fact that people trying to tell me I wasn't I was like back off like, I'm fine I just need a yeah. period yeah I know yeah. myself better than anyone else and also to control things because to do that with okay. is, is, is you have to give control over someone else and they have a say yes. over what they do so that probably triggered everything everything and I was like the core of I'm your not- person like Literally, and like that's why I think therapy is so great because it's not even like I saw it as criticism on my habits and stuff. But I was, you're not going to sit here and tell me that tracking calories is like um not healthy. It is. I'm into this gym, and you come from a generation of women that like think training in a gym is not for women. I was, I'm not going to listen to you, and I left. Obviously, at the time, I wasn't emotionally available for any of that. But like, I think that God, if I had just opened up to her, then it probably it could have saved me so much. Yeah. But look, I know we're to learn yourself, like and. No, and I yeah. don't think we would have gelled as people anyway. So, like, it could take you 10 therapists to find one you like. You have to click with them, same if click with someone else. I love my therapist. doesn't I mean you might hate her. You might think she's Oh, awful. exactly. Yeah, and I've even heard, like, you chat about this and stuff and, like, um different things and stories and stuff. And I've been like, oh, like, that is exactly it. Like, and I walked in and there was, like, little dolls in the room. And I was like, do you want to? She pinned me. She pinned me in this corner of having eating disorder. And I, at that point, for me, that was, like, a... Oh my god! No, 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 You're no, no, no! That's not what I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, "What is going on?" I'm not. Like, everyone needs to stop and leave me alone, basically. Yeah. So I 
consistently was like, eating well. Like, I mean, by well, like, I was eating like, a decent amount of food, as in not enough still, but I was still gaining a little bit of weight. Yeah. But basically, it all kind of came to head then at the end of February. I had been studying all day. I think I had midterms coming up. I did actually. I had my that pharmacology midterm coming up. So I was studying, like, you know, getting up at six, going to the gym, coming oh. in, um, having breakfast, studying, like, you know, nine to six or whatever, or like nine to seven. And then um, going out for walks, still hitting my steps, eating a considerably a good bit more, but um, again, not enough that I needed. Like, I, and as you say, like if you compare me back to in like when I was in sixth year, like naturally I, and now even like I eat a lot of food, and like, I'm not a particularly big person, but like just the way I was. So like obviously, and that's what I am kind of against. The whole, obviously like, within reason, but I do think that like no math equation can ever calculate how much calories we need as human beings. Like yeah. the metabolism and how much energy we use, as you say, the brain is a muscle. The brain uses so much energy and everything, all the different processes from everything that you need to function. Like um, exercise is a fraction of it, a fraction, a movement itself is a fraction. And for me, my body had so much repairing to do from like literally a physiological point of view. Like I literally had, as you say, like injuries, I had like muscle, like my muscle drops being broken down every day in the gym. My body's constantly working at repairing those. And then I was stressed with college. Um, My brain is studying all day, every day. So like I'm just hitting it at every angle basically and yeah. obviously from the previous months of starving myself my body is still kind of on the recoup from that yeah so I remember basically it, on that evening I had studied all day and I ran a bath I remember I was listening to Jeremy Kennedy and I started actually I need to go back so I I started the Instagram page by now so what happened was around the anger phase um I went I got basically I was told by the doctor he was like look Deirdre you have very little estrogen, you should go get a DEXA scan because you could be osteopenic. And like my mom had breast cancer when I was a kid. So she, um, because obviously like she, her estrogen has been very low since it should like when she was in her thirties. So because of that, she's been on, she was basically at a risk of osteopenia. What and is osteopenia like, now for myself and people so, who don't? So yeah, so osteopenia, osteoporosis, it's basically like a weaker bone. So you're at a risk of this. Yeah, estrogen yeah. is protective to your bones. So like it helps build strong bones and it's really protective. So if like in menopause, like people in menopause struggle with osteopenia because they have your estrogen dips in menopause. Yeah. So, and if you get your ovaries out or if, you know, in, in childbirth and you guys like plummeted into an earlier, anything like that, an earlier uh, menopause, then like you would naturally like you would go on like a calcium or like vitamin D and stuff like that to help yeah. protect your bones because estrogen, that protecting kind of mechanism in your body is gone. Okay. So because I was like, literally like I had no estrogen at all. He was like, look, um, of course, like we're going to look at your period back gaining weight, but whether you want to say it or not, or not out loud, you have been this skinny for quite a while and haven't had a period in six years. The reality is your bones are probably quite weak. And I hadn't had any fractures, but I had had that injury. And that is kind of all indicative of it that like, you know, anyway, so I remember sitting in Barrington, the town, and there was all like, like six women in the waiting room. And I was just sitting there and I had, I had been in, I'd been like a glamping trip with my boyfriend the night before. And um, I, I began to kind of like my body again. So I got a bit of my bum, a tiny bit of my bum back and was quite lean. Yeah. And like, if you saw me in person, you'd be like, that girl is too skinny. But like, again, work the angles, Instagram, all that shit. So basically, I remember she, I took the picture that night um, in the pods and he, I put a post on Instagram and like um, I was sitting in Barrington the following day getting my Dexa scan and a girl messaged me being like oh my god like you were in unreal shape like you know basically yeah. like how do you do it like, yeah, yeah you know but that's lovely and for whatever reason I was just like oh my god like what am I doing like I was, this is 
and that's kind of when the anger kind of began to sink in at me. I was like, this is this isn't right. Like I'm I'm not well. And I was angry first of all that I was sitting there getting Dexa scanned and I got into this place and I'd never intended on getting never intended to be here. And yeah. all of a sudden like, I could have weak bones as a 22-year-old girl because you know, because of how I've been treating my body. And yeah. so that's basically how the Instagram page started. I started getting along those weeks and kind of started to post like little bits of what I was eating and stuff. And it was great to keep me accountable and stuff at the beginning. And I did have a story to tell at that point, 100%, because I'd pulled myself out of that very dark place and had gotten like myself somewhat rehabilitated. How were you describing yourself on the Instagram page at this stage? Were you saying I'm recovering like personal eating disorder? How were you, how, like, how were you introducing yourself onto this page? I'm just curious. I- um... I'm trying to remember what I said in the first post, I think, because right now I still, I had like a before and after picture and like it's still, there was still obviously a difference from like when I was really, really skinny. But I think because at that point, Sarah, I was so angry at like Instagram and at like, you know, messages like fast cardio and, you know, right. um, intermittent fasting and all these things. Like Because training fasting is, is what, in, at the end, what got my, but why I couldn't get my period back and low carb intake. And like things like coaches getting asked in like question boxes, like, is it all right if I um, hit my calories and hit my protein? Does it matter where my um, calories come from? And like the response being, oh no, it's fine. And I remember seeing that, distinctly remember seeing that when I was in second year and being like, oh, it's grand. I'll eat loads of protein and I'll have a few chocolate bars or I might have a chocolate bar in the evening and that'll be grand. And I was eating close to no carbs or like, and like, you know, fat, they weren't healthy fats. They were like all like chocolate basically. And yeah. It was that anger that I it kind of began to kind of rumble inside me, and I was oh my god, like I see something every day, and it would kind of niggle away at me, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start this page, yeah. And I, I called it like chicken nuggets for like a few weeks because I was like, no one, you know, I don't want anyone to see this. And I knew my friend were like, I was just it's just me and my friend Hazel were on it, yeah. And then one night in a way, I don't know what it was. I was like, thick it, I'll put it up, and I posted a before and after, and like it did appear. And how I introduced myself was kind of just like basically that like, what you see online isn't reality. Right. And basically that, yeah, and basically that, like, being lean isn't everything it's kind of made out to be, and, like, it can go wrong very fast. I'd say that's how I did kind of start. More be like, let me, this is the, this is the real education before, you know. 100%. The sexy side yeah. and the misinformation out there. Okay, cool. Right. Literally. So your page is running now. You're going through mm-hmm. your bits now. And then we were asked. So, yes, we recognized the cast, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I so yeah, done my study all that day and has, you know, trying to gain weight. Um, and obviously that kind of anger had started, but I was in a very good place with the body obviously stressed out. And yeah. basically I got into I got into the bath after um after studying and I went downstairs, to, I think I was making a bowl of porridge or something like that anyway. But I had yeah. definitely had a bowl in my hand because my dad was in the little kind of sunroom we had connected in our kitchen. Yeah. And he just heard a, basically a smash um and kind of was like hello like he was there or whatever and came out and like even seeing his reaction and hearing him retell it like it still makes me so upset because I'm like I did that to him kind of thing do you know what I mean I'm like you're their baby girl and they're they're looking at you collapse they like that's a parent's worst nightmare my heart hurts thinking about your poor dad like literally he, he said he came into the kitchen and I was just there like basically like slumped up against the and I was unresponsive for like I think for 25 minutes Oh um yeah so like he, like he was like yeah so he tried to he, like he tried to do cpr on me he got help about i think he back and i'm like oh my god my poor 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 josh like and i love him more than anything in the world and i was like oh that this was a lot of it as well i had a lot of guilt i was like fuck like what am i doing yeah so i basically i collapsed and i 
yeah, I was unresponsive. I dad found me, um, and whatever. And I, I woke up in the ambulance, and I was, I was just like, what the fuck? I was just in the bath, yeah. And I didn't know where I was. I couldn't remember anything, and she, and I was admitted to hospital, or whatever. And actually, I was admitted for a heart attack. So, Jesus um, Christ. yeah, I remember going in for um an angiogram, and this is like this is like I think it was like. 11 o'clock at night and um because I lived just down the road from the region so it was like 11 o'clock at night I think and like I was passing out like all oh, these like old men in the queue because I literally was like zooming in like to get, get this like, emergency angiogram and I was like what the I was literally like wait lads like what is going on like with these kind of collapses like a lot of them it's hard to put it down to something now it wasn't like hypoglycemia which is like not eating sugars was it low blood sugars it could have been that uh, a combination is but basically they, they ended up putting it down to stress um they ruled out a seizure they ruled out a few other things yeah um and my heart actually did come back all right I think Thank it was God. a collapse Christ that's some scare at 22 years of age oh, oh my, my God. God and the next day they're like oh, we're keeping you in and we're going to do like this we're going to do this kind of a test in your brain and this kind of test in your heart and I was like glad I have a test on Monday I'm going home because it was Friday and yeah. I was like, I have a test Monday, I'm going home, like, sorry. And they were all student doctors, I remember. And again, gift the gab, I got myself out of it. I was like, lads, you know what kind of position I'm in? Like, I'm not going to pass this exam. I was like, I am fine. Can you tell me what's wrong with me? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, unless you keep me in for monitoring, I must stay in here over the weekend. I'm not going to meet a doctor. I was like, I'll come back in as an outpatient and do all those tests, but I'm not staying in here. So I checked myself out, came home. And to be honest, Thank God that happened because if it didn't, I don't know. And I often get messages on my Instagram being like, how did you like go from that to like this kind of like, you know, food freezing kind of person who just eats what they want and like, yeah. you know, sees food as like a, as like an unreal thing that like is enjoyed with friends. It's like, you know, this yeah. thing that's yeah. like meant to nourish their body. A luxury. A luxury. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, I've completely changed my whole like idea, but I often get asked how it changed. Yeah. And for me, it was like a switch went off my brain that night. Cause like, I'll never ever ever forget it. Like I, when my dad was telling me when I came home that night, I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I remember my boyfriend came over and he was like, "Because as I was saying, I was struggling to kind of get past that kind of like I think I was just under forty-seven at this point, maybe yeah. not quite there. I didn't, hit, I didn't definitely get there for January anyway. Yeah, but anyway, and my boyfriend just got the weighing scales and he put it into the drawer and he was like, "You were not going to use this ever again." And he put it in the drawer in my kitchen and like I'll never ever forget that moment because I was like. I felt like I was suffocated, but I was like, I actually needed someone to do that. Like, and he, yeah. I probably, I probably didn't even know that that was it for me. But like, and the next morning I got up and he, he stayed over that night. And the next morning I got up and I went away in my oats. And he literally, he got the bowl, emptied it into the oats bag and was like, go again and don't wait. And it was, I needed that. I love and your boyfriend. I love him. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, at least you saved me. For, and for, like, and for him, like, he sounds like, oh, and like, and a person who like, you know, obviously come through all that with me and like for someone who like, you know, if you talk about like gymming or like eating and stuff, I was like, mate, like you don't get it. Like I'm this, you know, this is the right way to do it. And again, I justified it in my head. And my dad saw him do that with me. And then my dad kind of started taking that role then when he wasn't there. So yeah. He was like, why is there so much lettuce on your plate? Like, okay, like eat more rice or eat more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, little things like that. Because I, I, and I see this all the time on Instagram, like bulking out meals. And like, I'm all for, you need to eat veg and veg is so great. But there's this thing of like, tricking your body into being full and it, when you are in a deficit for a sustained period of time you can stay there by tricking your body into being full and I was doing that for like years and I was kind of slipping back into those habits so it was just once I came once that switched off back back in my head yeah. and Nate did that for me with the oats that morning and confiscated the um the Wayne scales yeah. I just literally 
it was an up- uphill from there, like so, so much. My relationship with food, I moved back to college in April. So third year was online then from April to July. So again, I remember actually distinctly pulling out my driveway and I was packing the last bag into my car and I said to dad, I was like, there was a point in second year when if I was in Budavint or if I was in Mallow or if I was in Cork City and I didn't have the Wayne scales packed in the bag, I would have turned around to Limerick and gotten them. And that is that is not a word of life. I didn't have the Wayne scales packed in my bag. I may as well not have had any food with me because I wouldn't have eaten it if I couldn't have weighed it. And like I was then oh heading off God, to college. Yeah, where I'd left this old person, you know, this old obsessive person. I was going back to work in April being like, oh my God, like I am free. And like, I didn't, it's only then when I realized like so, so much, no more than like my period and everything else I'd lost, but I'd lost personal personality. Like, because yeah. you're on this kind of like energy saving mode and like, I laughed less. I was and, like, I was socializing less. I was shit yeah. crack probably like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it was just... You've no energy. To, like it takes energy to have personality. Like you can't laugh when you're stressed. Your your body when your no. body's trying to live, it's not going to find a joke funny. It's that's what no, that's one of the hardest things to go. Literally, and like that's the thing. And like naturally, I'm a bubbly person, and I'm you know that's yeah. not me. But it was only when like little things that started happening, and like the girls would you know randomly go off drinking, and I'd be like, oh my god, I can actually go with you, and like, this is unreal kind of thing. And it wasn't yeah. basically. It was then I kind of really like was posting consistently on the page, and like was really pushing the whole like. You don't need track to get results. And it was when I I posted up a post about I was like, I'd broken like a 700 day streak on my fitness pal of when I stopped tracking. Yeah. So I posted that up and that really 700 just, like, day that, streak. Oh my or god. Oh, was here. Like it was literally insane. Oh my, like, god. oh my god. So it was just from there then, like I yeah, I think that then it was kind of getting the whole conversation going of like, you don't have to track calories, like it's not for everyone. You don't it, Tracking calories isn't synonymous with being into the gym or being into fitness. Yeah. It doesn't suit everyone. Some people can do it and it's fine, but for me, it didn't. Um, so then I consistently gained weight. I got to 50 kg. I was training six days a week. I or five days, six days. I took rest days if I needed it. Gym just still closed, by the way, but like absolutely like was thriving in, in lots of ways. And yeah. like, my parents were delighted with me. Everything was up and up. So yeah. it actually was great yeah. that I got that far, I suppose. Can I ask you a question? When you were going back, so was it January you collapsed? So it was actually February, the end of February I collapsed. So I was kind of gaining the weight. I think I was about 47 kg and I collapsed. Yeah. Right. I've gone to that healthy weight, but my body obviously was still stressed or whatever. It doesn't, you know? it doesn't matter. Like I I never went below a healthy weight, but I I didn't get my period till I was almost 17 because of it. You don't actually oh. have to use a lot of weight to mess up your body. Oh no, yeah. and I'll actually I'll touch on all that when we get to it, but like yeah. it's actually not a weight thing at all. It isn't it's stress, it, literally. We we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to all that hundred percent. That's actually another thing that yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is interesting, but so in this, but in those two months, you really made like a one eighty turn because by the end of April, they went from kind of holding you accountable and kind of keeping an eye on you and being assertive, to then they trusted you and you trusted yourself to go back to college and live independently. That could have been a big scare. Like they could have been like, oh, is she just going to revert back to old habits? Or you yourself <laughs> had a huge internal change. But like you know, with something like eating disorders and the grip they have on you, a lot of people they you know they uh what's the term they they've got a panic and they go back to, yeah they, they regress they back. exactly they, they, yeah. they come out of a rehab facility or where, whatever treatment they're doing and they go straight back if not worse do you know was that ever 100 you and your parents or you because of your personality because you're such a you're stubborn but like it like you've decided this they could just tell that, that yeah they could feel that change you that it wasn't just you kind of placating them and flamassing them i know what you mean to gain back your freedom yeah, I think, to be honest, I think that was at that point the Instagram really helped me because in, at the end, it was kind of like accountability. 
But yeah. also I would say that I was so committed to like, at this point now as well, you have to bear in mind, I still hadn't gotten a period back. So I, yeah. I was still, in my head, I was like, and the more I kind of ate, and you have to remember as well, when you are like deficient in all of these things, like your brain is affected and you are logical. And that's why counselling people who are anorexic, it's so hard to do it because their brain isn't functioning the way ours would and they it's different. So for me, as I started to kind of cognitively come around and like began to see this other side of life and was feeling myself better, I was yeah. like, oh my God, if I eat more and like if I keep doing it, I, to be honest, bad body image days definitely began to come a lot more. But other than that, there was never I, I never feared that I'd go back to where I was. I never feared that, but I definitely began to fear that I'll never get my period back. That was kind of the main thing for me. And that yeah. gave me an awful lot of anxiety, like a huge amount. Yeah. So that was kind of the only thing. But I never feared going back to that. Because at this point, I was so I was like, no, I like my basically became my like old eating or my like getting my weight back. Or my new obsession was getting a period back. I was like, this is gonna I'm gonna conquer this yeah and yeah so that there was no very fear of really getting back to that place no thank god there wasn't thank, god, yeah. thank god okay yeah back to college yeah back on track bring us from there on so okay so basically moved down in April and um consistently gained weight again it was living out unbelievable like much better social life so from my course it was all practical stuff so we were starting like different techniques like drilling and that kind of thing so we didn't actually have exams from April to July it was just going to college, like, you know, maybe like it could be five to eight or two to eight or nine to different different hours, different days. But I was living with like three of the girls who I'm really, really good friends with and like was just loving life. But I was gaining weight consistently. So I was kind of going from 47, 48, 49. And yeah. what I'd say to you is, is that like anyone, and I don't know if you know this, but like anyone who has gone through anorexia recovery, when you do gain weight, there's a thing called like weight distribution. So when you gain weight at first, it goes to like areas where your body's like, right, we need to protect these areas. So like the first place, obviously, is your abdomen. You have all your like essential organs there. So fat is naturally going to be laid down there. And for me as well, like because obviously, as I was saying before with America and that kind of thing, like my digestive tract wasn't used to eating that kind of food for so long. And like the enzymes in it would have been kind of like, kind of, you they do eventually become upregulated to the kind of food you're eating. So when you start eating new foods, you need to give your obviously digestive system time to adjust to all that. So yeah. I had days where I was like so bloated, like as if I mean, like I remember like calling in one of the girls one day in like June and like showing her, and she was like, "Oh my god, like, is there time to be pregnant?" And like I went and I remember I did actually went and got a pregnancy test one day. Oh my god! I was, like, I actually, <laughs> oh, and like the girl, the girl, the girl hadn't had a period in seven years, but I was like, "Oh, I definitely had a period." I ovulated, <laughs> and then it's now a baby, and I was like, "Hundred percent." So I was that yeah. close. That's a bloat I was. But as well, I had like very kind of you have really bad water retention so like I such yeah. like kind of a swollen face and even looking back yeah. at pictures I'm like oh my god and like, I chubby cheeks as it is I'm like I love them that's where yeah. I am that's where God made yeah. me but like they that I kind of struggled a lot with that so like that yeah. weight distribution thing my body looked like it never had looked like before and it was kind of like I began to pick myself apart again I think a little bit um towards yeah. the end of that and I was like I just didn't feel right and a lot of that was because I was so hormonally out of whack I think that I struggled a lot with body image once that kind of obviously was struggling with obviously the bloating as we said and just different things I knew it wasn't right and it was just this thing this fixation I was like why don't I have a period like why isn't it happening because yeah. I was so healthy and like to my friends I was like very much at a healthy weight like as in I was by far like the least lean I'd ever been in my like adult life would say yeah. and I was like why don't I have a period and then it was just like I remember one day I was in the Crescent or, and the fox won't hear this now and be like what the hell but I keep, remember he like there was a little kid playing he's oh it's so cute and like I remember like my heart just sank and I was like oh my god I'm never going to be able to have babies oh I god. literally I remember and I he left that night and I went to bed and I just started bawling crying because I genuinely was like 
there's something wrong here. Like, I don't, why am I having a period? And I was like, oh my God, I have done this much damage to myself that I'm never going to get it back. Yeah. To be it's honest, I'm a fear for a woman. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than being told that your, your fertility is at risk. Even if you thought you never oh would. Oh my gosh. It, it's so fundamental. It, yeah, it, it's extremely, extremely jarring. Oh, um, and that's the thing. Like, so then basically what happened was I came home from college in July and I would say you got your bloods done. Oh yeah, so I got my blood to be done then and they were actually worse than they were when I was at my lightest, which is absolutely, so I got them back and I was just like, and my dad was kind of like, oh Jesus, because he kind of knew like, you you told her gain weight and it'll be fine and now she's gained more than you asked and it's not back. And that's where you were saying, but it's not about weight, it's so much more. But the process of getting your period back, do you want to touch on that story? Because we were talking about, you were, we were talking about you started your page and you were on that journey, but we hadn't quite gotten to that woman you went to. So, so in August, I kind of hit a, like a really, a really low point. I was really anxious. And as you were saying before, like I saw, you know, Nathan in the, in the shopping center that time with the, the child and got so upset that night. Yeah. And I was just fixated on getting it back at this point. And I was like, I don't want to start fourth year in, in college with this kind of running into another year of my college life I want to get it sorted so I like to say like I did research on this like I mean research papers like um podcasts YouTube videos like you name it when I wasn't studying I was researching this like there was it literally and like so much that even took over from the gym for me like I was like I am going and then I had to figure out like should I cut back training and there's so much information out there but it was just going to the right place and I'm going to be honest I I went to Renee McGregor um and if you don't follow her and you think you might be suffering from something like this, please do follow her because her page and her resources are next to none and her podcasts are next to none. Um, but what I did was I, yeah, so I got my bloods done in August. And like I said, they were literally worse than they had ever had been. And I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And I was like, what is going on? And that's when I really got panicky. I was like, oh my God, no. So I went to Renee, I I done my own research and basically I remember on my consultation with, so basically I got referred to one of her, like people who work in her clinic and his name is Rory and he did all of the kind of coaching with me. But when I actually started with him, I actually was able to tell him what I was doing wrong. That's how much research I had done. Yeah. I was like, I gave him my diet diary and I was like, I'm going to point out to you now what I think is wrong with it. And he literally looked at me and he was like, Jesus Christ, you've done your reading, haven't you? Like, And like my GP when the bloods came back, I should say that as well. My bloods came back worse than they had been. My GP was like, look, just keep doing what you're doing. It'll take time. And that's one thing when I like, when girls message me and they're like, oh, my GP said they're fine. I'm like, really? Like, you need to, like, the GPs, not they're not, un- obviously, they're medical yeah. professionals. You can't, you they can't be about everything. They're no, just, and yeah. hypothalamic amenorrhea is a diagnosis by exclusion. So when you don't find anything like very malignant or like malice as the cause of it, and you don't get, you know, I say diagnosed PCOS. It's kind of like, oh, your body's been stressed for a while. Just don't take it. You come back. Don't worry about it. You're only young yet. Be grand. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's actually a really simple way to get this back. It's just not talked about that much. So this, so Renee McGregor is a registered dietitian. And she, in Ireland? She in Ireland? Uh, no, so she's based. No, so she's based in the UK, but she does um like this kind of thing. So like online talk, Zoom consultations. She has actually an endocrinology um uh, clinic in Bath in the UK and she has like um a, a doctor there working with her who looks at all the bloods and I think it's Dr. Nikki Kay and they have kind of like this basically they have a whole clinic there yeah completely getting your period back she's the woman who literally information yeah yeah so she is the ghost of this kind of thing so that's what that's where I send people but when I had the consultation call with Rory in August and I um 
I mean, none of my family were in the house and I basically cried the whole way through it I remember because I literally was like well I cried kind of at the end but I was just kind of like look I feel so lost or whatever and I told him I was like look I think the thing is that I'm not eating enough carbs and I like if he told me that he was like you can't touch your weight for you know three months and you get your period back I, I would have been like grand but that's how much of like when my mind has changed in like the yeah. two years or whatever so I started working with him and I was like, look, I don't think I'm eating enough carbs. And he's like, yeah, you're not at all. Like for what your body needs, you'd be so surprised. And to be honest, I actually went back to tracking then because I always say for my fitness pal, learn from it, don't lean from it. So yeah. if you, you know, like I need to learn again what my body actually needed this time. So I went back to tracking because I need to know what 400 grams of carbs looks like. And I need to know, you know, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. It was educational, so, that obsessiveness at this stage. Yeah. Very different. Exactly. So. Yeah, so I was like, look, I needed to get through this point. So I went back to tracking and like, I was like, if I'm eating that many grams of carbs a day, and like, I was like, I'm surely going to put on weight. And like, I have a post up on my Instagram and I'll share it once this podcast goes out, but it was basically like um, a picture of me in August and a picture of me in November. And like the, my bloods, um, my bloods compared to obviously my, my hormones are way, way up, my thyroid, my estrogen, my LH, my stage, everything. But I actually think I was a little bit lighter, believe it or not. Yeah. I actually, my voice hadn't changed at all. And that comes back to what you were saying about like, you don't have to be overweight to have, or underweight to have this condition. Yeah. It's, so it's actually, it's a completely a stress, a stress thing. So that's what it was for me that I had to, I got it all carried you, which you do, I probably didn't have to do, but I did because it was an extra stress on my body that I didn't need. So yeah. I put it out. Um, I kept up training. He, it's different for everyone. And some people in order to recover when they're in such a place, um, whether it's mentally or physically, they can't train. I was able to, and he gave me the all clear because at this point, mentally, like he didn't, he was like, often a lot of my work is trying to get girls to eat again. Whereas for me, no, I, I was like, look, what you tell me to do, I'll do. So just to kind of paint a picture, I kind of went from eating, like I'd get up in the morning and I'd um, have like, instead of having like 40 grams of oats, I'd have 80. And yeah. I'd have, you know, 80 in a banana and then I'd go out and do the training. And the second I finished training, I'd come back in and eat a bagel with, you know, like some Nutella and like some chopped up um, banana. And then I'd have my lunch then like two hours later. So it was about being, in a fed state consistently throughout the day and constantly reassuring my brain that like we're fine. We are, you got fuel here you're fine yeah. we're eating it's all good yeah. and that's how I thought myself and this is kind of when I got into journaling so I literally because obviously some days you wake up and like carbs carbohydrates so hydrate they, they hold water so I was eating way more carbs than I ever had and like again the water weight thing so I was you know at the beginning you were going to have a bit of water weight I didn't that know that thing. I've learned, I've actually already yeah. learned things about carbohydrates. I didn't know carbohydrates, they, that makes sense though. I've never, never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. No, but literally, and that's why like people are like, oh, I, I, my weight went up this week. And it's like, well, like you're waking up for so many reasons. Do you know what I mean? If you eat more carbs this day than that day, you're going to be heavier because your body's holding on to more water. Yeah. So that was a lot. At the beginning, there was obviously little things like that. And I had to, like, I got up every morning and I still had the copy and I'll keep it forever. But I wrote down and I had, uh, I put up a screenshot of it the day I got my period back, but it was like um, goals to get my period back. And I, I, every single day I bought a copy, um, especially for it. And every single day I get up and I write down like what I'm grateful for, why I want to get better and how am I going to like serve those goals today? Yeah. So today I'm going to, you, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. I, I wrote down every single morning and there was no like, never a morning where like I'd get up and rush out the door. Like I literally would, every single morning I just bring myself back to that and be like, today you were going to you know your actions are going to serve that in gold today um, yeah. and then that kind of stopped and I really do believe that, that like that really did stop that did rewire my brain and how I saw food because it just kind of even that yeah, at this point I really was recovered but then my performance skyrocketed because as well like 
growth hormone is another hormone that's affected, which is the hormone that is responsible for lean or laying down lean muscle mass. Yeah. So like I was actually at such a disadvantage in the gym because I like I wasn't performing properly at all. And like since I'm on a period back, oh my god, the difference is in everything. But particularly that has been absolutely absolutely insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it literally it took me. I so I think I went to home at the end of August. And I got my period back on the, um, I think it was the 22nd of November. I got it back. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. For for what you think about it, yeah. how many years you abuse yeah. your body. And that just shows you the capabilities of the body to bounce back. You know? Oh, oh my gosh, 100%. Like your body, like it wants to, and your body, like it wants to menstruate. It wants to do all those things. Like it's it's a natural process. Yeah. But you have to reassure that like, I'm not going to go back there and I'm not going to hurt you. you. It's okay. You have enough energy yeah. to do it. And that's why it's not calories in versus calories out because I could have been eating 10,000 calories a day and eating, you know, eating them all in the evening and staying fast for hours and training too hard and being really stressed and I still wouldn't have gotten it back. So that's why I'm just, that's kind of the message I'm really trying to push at the moment, really. And you know what? I was just thinking back to when you were in college, like before lockdown and you were putting mm. serious stress, like you were training extremely hard and your eating was restrictive. It's amazing that your body yeah. was able to like train and like you were strong then. Like you were saying, relative to your oh size. My God. Like it was amazing that your body progressively no. overload in that state. That also, when you're saying that, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, the body's so amazing. And that thing, and your body will always prioritize movements. Like we come from, like we are, like we're obviously like, since you come from a caveman, where like we were literally yeah. like running from any threats and that kind of thing. So our, like we will always prioritize movement. It'll be the last thing to go. So for me, and that's one thing I really want to like, emphasize. So my resting heart rate was like, I think it was like 46 or 47 um, when I was in that kind of energy deficient state and that wasn't because I was fit it was actually because my heart was just slowing down because it was fucking exhausted oh my and that's God. one thing that Renee really flags yeah so everything is just slowing down and that's the kind of state I was in and then obviously then people get freaked out because when you start eating more and your heart rate goes up like my resting heart rate is really higher now it's like 60 odd people are like oh my god I'm not as fit or whatever and it's like no it's just your body is your heart's beating faster because it has more energy do you know what I mean yeah um so yeah, that, but like your body is actually, if you work with this, can achieve phenomenal things. And that's only, I'm only beginning to realize that now. Yeah. Um, like if you fucking do yourself right and eat right and just focus on, you know, I, a big thing now I'm working on is like, um, like I'm eating now to perform, like to perform, not to like, you know, impress anyone in that kind of way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm like blown away. First of all, I'm, you're like, you're a force to be reckoned with. Like you're such a, like, you're but you know what's amazing about you? for a long time you were you're a very powerful person like in very disciplined person yeah, like, in a really good you. way it's just it was it's it's amazing to see this shit like obviously your recovery now because for a long time yeah that force was inwards against yourself so you were holding yourself massively so now I'm just thinking that discipline and that drive and everything that's about you now is going to be shooting forward towards progressing yeah. yourself like, unbelievable oh like I'm like the goals the goals are huge like as in we're only getting started like literally I'm like I am like do you know what I mean and I personally like, I've let go of all the anger like before I was like oh my god I've lost so many years of training because of what I've done to myself and I'm like no like as in forget about that like yeah. we are and that's like so much of what I'm pushing on my Instagram is like Joe girls my like, how do you squat that or how do you whatever it is like whatever it is performance wise and I'm like I'm actually eating well and if you do it yeah. and you, you're consistent like and yeah. if you prioritize performance, and that's what I'm doing now, I, for me, like, I, I eat mid training sessions a lot of the time. Like, I want to, because I love gym, and it's not like, for me, it's not an yeah. obsession. Like, I train out five, six days a week, but like, I absolutely 
love it. And like, I don't train because I have to watch train because I can. Like, I absolutely yeah. am obsessed with it. And that's why, again, even with the gym, like it's become, I don't know if you find this as well, but like it's become fashionable to train in the gym. Like it's literally become like, you know, like, and it's, it's, it's not the fun exercise you enjoy, you find something else. Because if you like it, you'll stick with it. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, another kind of thing. But yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Um. So is there, is, after everything you've been through, after your journey with food and exercise and everything in your page, is there any mantra you live by? Mine, I've mentioned them before in the podcast, mine are quality over quantity. And it's better to be sorry. Yes, 100%. So that's my two at this present moment in time. Yes, I love and that. I love that. Oh, has one and he was like, yes. Um, Owens was, you become what you consume or one of those. That's another one I think about all the time. Yeah. Do you have anything like okay. that? Um, I'd say I feel like, as in, I have so many like quote screenshots on my, or on my phone, but I'd say like a huge one for me is that your body is the least interesting thing about you. So like, there's your friends, your mom and your dad and your boyfriend and everyone love you for every probably reason other than how you look in the mirror. And you as a person, there is no one else like you in this world. And your body is only a fraction of your entity. And it is literally the least interesting thing about you. So don't lose too much sleep over a girl because literally it, it, your friends and your family love you for every other reason than that. <laughs> That's the oh main my one, I think. God, I love that one. That's <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect way to end the podcast. I absolutely love it. I couldn't agree end more. Podcast, so. Um, I just Unreal. want to say and on like a huge, humongous, unbelievable thank you to you for coming on. Um, this is the first time you've really told your story properly from beginning to yeah, end. Yeah, thank you so so much for giving me an opportunity to do it. I really um thank you so so much. Girl, no, like honestly, thanks is mine. Um, you're absolutely amazing. I'm 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 almost intimidated. I'm like, oh my god, she's such a powerful person. I'm like <laughs> I'm like I just want to bring you back and talk to like other tips I'm like there's a lot you can teach me about other things too I'm sure um you're absolutely reckon with like I'm excited for you and where you're gonna go with everything um and oh, thank yeah. you so much girl no honestly oh um what's your what's your you have an Instagram page what's the name of your Instagram page again so it's just d uh, so d-e-e-c-a-s-s so dcast underscore that's basically it perfect perfect so lads yeah. check her out she's a wealth we couldn't even get into her information her knowledge on food and everything too like that is amazing so please please go to her page you will learn many things thank you so so much yeah no problem lads and thanks everyone listening i hope you enjoyed and got something from it and i'll talk to you next time bye